Thank you for calling Gaywire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello, 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 and thank you for choosing option three. You've reached Gaywire, and I'm your host, Terrence Adams. My pronouns are he and they, and hosting with me today is... Ash Halinda, and my pronouns are they and them. You're listening to Gaywire on CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton, and you can always listen to us whenever you feel the need, wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Gaywire, we've got a funky, fresh, and definitely queer interview coming your way with Pansy Folk, a queer-owned and run tattoo shop on White Ave in so-called Edmonton. Tattoos and queer people are shoes and socks between the quest for full reclamation of bodily autonomy and the spiritual love of immortalizing art on our bodies. Tattoos are beloved by many, many queer folk. But before we get too much into it, we have to admit something. This interview was not conducted by the Gaywire team. Instead, our lovely friends on another CJSR show, Adam and Eve, conducted the interview. And you should definitely check out Adam and Eve if you get the chance. So this is a crossover? Yes, it's our second crossover. Schedules for the airing of Adam and Eve and all other CJSR shows can be found on cjsr.com or by searching your favorite show wherever you get your podcasts. Anyways. Tattoos! Yes, tattoos. I'm personally a huge fan. And though there's little ink actually on my body, I've got lots of plans for the future. How about you, Ash? I really want to get tattoos, but I just haven't planned it out yet. So we will see. For now, I will wear fake ones and just pretend they're real. I, I've recently got some of that like ink box ink stuff that lasts like two weeks. It's so fun to just draw little doodles all over my arms and then they last for like a week and a half and then they go away. I love it. It's, it's how I'm getting over the fact that I don't have um, a random amount of disposable income to spend on all the tattoos that I want. But uh, anyways, um, any, anything, any other thoughts on tattoos? I think they're pretty rad. I'll leave it at that. We, we better stop talking about this uh, before I get tempted too much to just go out tomorrow and get a tattoo. And instead, hear from our Adamant Eve friend Autumn Morchuk as they speak with Kayla, Charlie, and Dean, artists from Pansy Poke, queer-owned tattoo shop. Hello, and welcome to Adam and Eve on CJSR-FM, 88.FM in Edmonton, and around the world on CJSR.com. My name is Autumn Mornchuk, and I'll be your host for today's episode of Adam and Eve. Thanks for tuning in. Adam and Eve is Edmonton's only feminist news radio show. We are adamant on highlighting, discussing, and engaging with issues that affect women across Edmonton and around the world. For today's episode, we wanted to explore the connection between feminism and tattoos. The tattoo industry has long been a male-dominated field, but there has been a shift in the popular conception of tattoos as they have become more mainstream. Our assumptions about the kinds of people who get tattoos, why they get tattoos, and who is doing the tattooing is changing. On the forefront of this change is Pansy Poke Tattoos, 
a queer-owned and operated tattoo collective located here in Edmonton on White Ave and 107th Street. We sat down with the folks at the Pansy Poke Tattoo Collective to chat about the ways that they are breaking down some of the toxic behaviors that are prevalent in the tattooing industry. They also discuss how Pansy Poke came to be and how they created a safe and accessible space for everyone, as well as the ways that tattoos can be a powerful way for people to reclaim and feel empowered in their bodies. Hey everyone, this is Rosiva jumping in to say that I'm very excited for y'all to listen to my interview with Aberdeen, Charlie, and Kayla from Pansy Poke. I also wanted to give a quick content warning that in the following episode, we briefly mentioned topics such as sexual violence and self-harm. Without further ado, here's part one of my interview with Pansy Poke. Uh, good morning, folks at Pansy Poke. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, if we could start off with everybody going around, maybe we'll start here and then introducing yourselves, your pronouns. Yeah, I'm Kayla. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm one of the co-owners here at Pansy Poke. Um, I'm Charlie. I do they, he pronouns. And I'm Dean, and I also use they, he pronouns. Wonderful. Um, so if everybody could kind of start out, like maybe the beginning of your journey, like your relationship to tattoos and tattooing and how that all started. Yeah, I was always interested in body art growing up. I was very, I thought I was going into science, but then one day I handed in a nice lab report and my prof was like, "Mm, this is really well drawn. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should go into tattooing. So I started doing, uh, like stick and pokes or hand pokes, like completely unprofessionally at first as a lot of hand poke artists start off um and then I had saw that Dean had posted about like an opening uh for queer femme hand poke artists here in the city so I joined up with these three and started getting into yeah hand pokes and then slowly now I'm doing machine as well to take it back like even further, actually like when I was a kid, my dad had a lot of tattoos and I was really interested in it. But I started getting really into stick and pokes because I had seen some people in the community um, at like sick nice. house parties and stuff, like <laughs> doing stick and poke tattoos for people. And yeah, I seen Charlie do it and was like really inspired. Like at the time he was like a little bit older than me. I was like, you know, the little youth from St. Albert <laughs> who would come into Edmonton and be like, wow, these people are so cool. Um, And then I started getting, like, access to better materials and, like, learning online because there's really, like, not a, no apprenticeship for, like, hand-poke tattooing. Uh, I started renting, like, a little studio space here in White Ave and worked there alone for quite a while, but then had the idea to try and make it, like, into something a little bit more because I realized that my clientele, like, was almost exclusively, like, queer and trans people. Um, So basically I just posted online and was like, hey, anybody want to join? Kayla responded, I think Charlie was moving back from Calgary at the Mm. time, and I was like, hey, I know you used to tattoo, if you want a job, like, (laughs) let's work together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess for me, um, I started tattooing myself and my friends when I was, like, 17. Um, I've been getting tattoos, like, in shops since I was, like, 18, so almost, like, 10 years of that. Um, I was always really interested in it, and uh, I think it was probably because my parents were like super against it. So I was like, <laughs> so you, like Let's do the do opposite. This. <laughs> um, I also kind of like spent my like early twenties 
uh, in like a lot of like DIY scenes. So um, I kind of taught myself how to stick and poke and yeah, just kind of uh, that like foundation of like being able to seek out more information that I needed and kind of like meet other people who would like offer me advice or like offer me recommendations through like me getting tattooed I kind of just like warmed my way up to um being able to do it in a more professional setting which was really cool because um I don't know a lot of us didn't really have like a traditional apprenticeship and um yeah, I think it's really great that we were all able to kind of come together organically. Organically, yeah. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's so interesting to see how everyone's like, yeah, different uh, backgrounds come in and we're like, everyone has different like exposure to tattooing and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So specifically about Pansy Poke, I was wondering where the inspiration came from and how that came about. Well, Dean, do you want to start about? Yeah, I think for the name, we chose Pansy Pope because the pansy, like, represents something that's, like, soft and often represents femininity and often represents, like, something that can be seen as, like, weak or, like, can crumble. And we're kind of using it as a way to reclaim it in a lot of sense. Like, pansy has often been used as, like, a slur towards the queer community, but it also is something that's really beautiful. And when we're getting tattooed, you know, we're all a little bit of a pansy. So, <laughs> so true. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to choose a name that was kind of like, it's kind of like a double entendre where some people might see it and they're like, oh, I love flowers. And some yeah. people see it and they're like, that's some gay shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we started off like, yeah, like we said, we started off in a small, like, just one bedroom rental space just up the street at a co-working space called the Grow Center. And yeah, Dean had worked there alone before and recruited on. And it originally there was five of us that worked there and we operated as a collective. So we just shared the cost of supplies, alternated which days we worked in that one bed. Um, we pretty quickly outgrew that. We were there for about almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduling and, grew really difficult with like yeah. so many of us getting more clients and then mm-hmm. I think especially people would come there they feel like a really sense of comfort at home and they're like oh well now I'm gonna get tattooed by Kayla now I'm yeah. gonna get tattooed by Charlie yeah. so for all of us working just one or two days a week like rotating in a room that was literally smaller than this room that yeah, we're in right now was smaller than this. <laughs> was getting yes. to be a little bit like exhausting and we wanted to be able to offer more yeah, so I think with the five of us it ended up being like also really difficult to manage things like getting a five-way consensus especially because all of us individually while we practice tattooing all have our own individual art practices and like interests and hobbies like families pets and stuff like you're not always on the phone like 24 7 right so when we were when we moved here and when we decided to expand two people ended up leaving to pursue things other than tattooing and also because of COVID, like a lot of people just didn't feel comfortable tattooing. Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of decided to shift to these two yeah. being the co-owners, me taking a step back and then that way they could focus more on the business and really give it like all the attention that it needed. 
Yeah, so we we were like, we honestly didn't know what we were getting ourselves into when we <laughs> made this. Like, we obviously knew we were like starting a business, but like, I was like, cool, let's just walk up to the permit office, get our business license, rent a space, and we're good to go. No, it was way more than that, um, which was a really great learning experience for us, and like, we're still learning because like, we have no formal business training, which is kind of fun because like, honestly, I, like, I find that a lot of like, People who have formal business training look at, like, when you open a business, you're supposed to be, like, you know, in debt for the first three years you open a business. And that deters a lot of people from opening it. But, like, we just didn't know. So we just opened it. But that, in that being said, we don't have any rules that we're adhering to. We're kind of just making things up as we go and figuring what works out best for our business. So, yeah, we found this space here. We fell in love with it. And... Now we have a much bigger team than our small little one bedroom, one bed place that we came from. Now we have like six beds, one, two, three, four, five, seven beds, (laughs) seven beds. So yeah, we expanded quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah. And I really loved what you said about the sense of home and how you wanted to create a sense of home for your clients. So because uh, famously radio is not a visual medium, Mm -hmm. could uh, kind of like describe Pansy Poke and describe the space and how you kind of were intentional about that setting of making people feel at home? Um, I feel like (laughs) when we were decorating the front, like, um, I don't know if it's like subconsciously, I was like, oh yeah, I learned how to tattoo at home. So like, let's make this into my like gay friend's living room. (laughs) That's pretty much what it looks like. Yeah, we get grandma's living room a lot. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, personally, like, uh, I like things that are really like cozy and homey and like welcoming. And like, we're lucky to have like a nice south facing window. Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of plants. Um, I think the colors we chose are like, really like calming and bright and um yeah we got an old vintage couch yeah like yeah for you to um, wait on like like uh yeah decorating wise but also like in how we interact with our clients and like kind of make them feel like they're stepping into a space that they can be like fully comfortable in mm-hmm. um is really important yeah I think like the first impression when you walk into a shop is really important and a comment that I get a lot is like I've never seen so many plants or like this is the prettiest tattoo shop I've ever seen Mm -hmm. because even just like with the colors that they chose like when getting everything decorated it's all these like really warm colors I feel like a lot of the kitschy like vintage furniture that you got (laughs) it gives like this sense of like you feel really like calm and welcome there's a lot of like hilarious tacky like ironic things around to look at it's very like visually stimulating but it also gives you like a sense of like yeah I can like be chill here and like I don't have to feel like I'm really guarded or like it's a very overly medical like sterile environment yeah although it is sterile just for the record it is <laughs> yeah very <laughs> sterile but yeah, just yeah. didn't want it to come off hospital yeah. <laughs> sterile but fun yeah, yeah. yeah. sterile but grandma meets grandma's living room yeah, no, I would, uh, as someone who got a tattoo from Kayla last Friday, <laughs> I would say your uh, descriptions are so accurate because, yeah, you walk in and it feels so nice and cozy and homey and everyone's, like, you know, at the desk and just so friendly. And then, you know, as you, like, move 
forward through the space and go all the way to the back and the bathrooms even the bathrooms are like decorated and cute and there's all the cute colors and art so yeah I would say you all did a great job because it's such a lovely thank you. space to be in. <laughs> thank you Thanks. yeah so I was wondering about the ways that uh, Pansy Poke makes itself accessible to all members of the community so in terms of queer and trans folks uh, folks with disabilities but folks from the BIPOC community in what ways um, does Pansy Poke create this accessible environment well, uh, in terms of like the building itself, we were really lucky to have a space that is like street level um, because our last space, you had to go down like a large flight of stairs. Very steep <laughs> stairs very too. Steep stairs. <laughs> no railing. Um, so uh, first of all, like you can easily come in the space if you like have a like mobility device or a wheelchair. We also have a ramp that goes to the back, which was already here, which worked out amazingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Fully wheelchair accessible. And then in terms of like the community, a lot of the community members of the queer community feel safe here because again, a lot of us are queer ourselves. So we have created this like safe space where it's almost like we created like we kind of all share clients because a client will come here and be like, oh, cool. Like un- like another queer artist, like, oh, another one. And mm-hmm. like it's it's really cool that we've created like, yeah, like a sense of community because of that. Yeah, I think definitely a lot of our experiences inform like how we practice. But I think even in terms of like booking and how we present ourselves to clients, like we all present our pronouns we always offer people a chance to share their pronouns we give clients a lot of options such as booking a silent tattoo if they have like sensory um, processing concerns or they are like afraid of like loud noises we give options like that and then in terms of making our shop more accessible to the BIPOC community especially because we don't have any BIPOC employees we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to show those people that they're welcome here So one thing that all of our artists do is we offer free color tests. Um, A lot of people with darker skin are just straight up refused color by artists or they're told it's not gonna work, it's not gonna look good. So by doing this and giving them like a tiny little dot or a line in an inconspicuous area, it gives them a way to show how the color will heal and it will make them feel like a lot more safe about booking. And also trying to like undo a lot of the damage that the tattoo community has done by just like straight up pushing these people out and refusing to work with them. Um, A lot of our artists do a monthly BIPOC or QT BIPOC uh, tattoo giveaway. So it's basically just a free tattoo for any person that identifies under this label just to try and undo a lot of the damage that's been done Mm -hmm. pushing those people away. We're actively making space for these people um, every month. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Uh, I've been doing that. I, like, kind of... Dean had a client who had, like, donated their time. Yeah, they bought the tattoo, but then they couldn't end up coming to get the tattoo. Yeah, so they kind of, like, started this little domino effect Mm -hmm. um, of more of us being able to offer that. And um, I've been doing it for about three months now, and... I've actually gotten like some donations from people in the community to like be able to like offer that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I don't know it's great I've I've gotten a lot of like positive feedback from that because um, you know a lot of times too like money is a factor in like whether or not you can get a tattoo and 
Um, if it's something you want that's like either, um, I don't know, something that would almost be like a healing process mm-hmm. in terms of like um, who you are and where you come from, but like there's a financial barrier, it is like, oh. It kind of sucks. Like it, yes. yeah, it's over that it's, hurdle. It's, it's very backwards that this is where tattooing originated from, and yes. then yet these people aren't able to access those services due yeah. to yeah, financial barriers for sure. Absolutely. I mean, we're constantly trying. Like we're like constantly adding and changing things all the time because like we're like learning as we go around. Yeah, um, we're so not set in any way. No, and yeah, we've changed so many things and offered new things just based on feedback that we receive. And the feedback is so, so valuable. Yeah, yes. because it shows that people respect us enough to want to help us improve. And yeah. we obviously respect the community enough to want to offer everything we can for them. Yeah, mm. yeah, we're trying, trying to do the most. Yeah, it's a mutual relationship. Yeah, it's so important that there is a trust established between studio and artists and their client to show like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this experience great for you from when you click on my profile and you Mm -hmm. see my pronouns to when you're going to my booking form and you see this information that you can send me to when you walk in the door and it's accessible for you yeah Mm -hmm. to how you're greeted stuff like when we go up and talk to each other we'll like introduce ourselves to the clients because we've been in so many scenarios where you're laying there getting tattooed and, you know, Joe Schmo walks up to your tattoo artist and is like, hey, buddy, how's it going? How's your day? And you're sitting there like, okay, yeah, you just, yeah. you cease, you cease to exist. Yeah. So we want to make sure people feel like they're always seen and they're always included in here. And they're not just, you know, a slab of meat laying on <laughs> For us to stab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really loved what you said about the healing process about tattoos. So maybe if you want to talk more about um, the how tattoos can be healing and empowering and what it can mean for people, either for yourselves or that you've heard from other people. Well, me personally, I had a lot of experience in this, especially when I first started. I actually did a fundraiser for the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton as like a little trigger warning, just like about sexual assault. Like I had been assaulted and I was like, I had this negative energy about it. And, you know, a great way to heal for me was like getting tattoos so I offered this uh like fundraiser with like low hopes for it uh but there was a great turnout and I had a lot of people open up to me about like the fact that yeah they are getting this tattoo and this is like specifically a means of like my fundraiser they are getting this tattoo to reclaim their sense of like themselves and like this tattoo like like the the pain it's like a like a very like reclaiming your own body kind of feeling to it you're as I like to like say is like you're decorating the walls of your house that you're gonna live in for the rest of your life and like for some people that just means that you're just decorating it and that's surface level and that's totally okay too like your tattoos don't have to have deep meaning or anything to them but for from the experiences I heard from the people I tattooed from my fundraiser specifically it was just like beautiful hearing the way that people were reclaiming their bodies this is their way of like standing up to it and like they were processing it, talking about it while they were getting tattooed. Like people feel vulnerable when they're getting tattooed because you're in like pain. And honestly, my part-time double as a therapist sometimes it feels like, and that's totally okay. And like, honestly, I feel honored that people feel safe enough to open up about that kind of stuff to me while they're getting like stabbed by me. Like I'm physically hurting them. And like, of course they feel vulnerable while that's happening. And yeah, I I think that comes back to like creating a safe environment for these people as well. Like 
I know I definitely have been on the other side where I will start spewing my life while I'm getting tattooed. Like, there's something so personal about it. For me, I'm, I don't know, there's so many different, uh, like, ways you could answer that question in terms of, like, how can tattoos, like, heal you. I always, like, when I get tattooed, it's, like, obviously, like, physically you're going through, like, the state where you have a lot of like adrenaline and endorphins and it is like a giant like physical pain but you kind of have to just like like I can't think of any other circumstance and whether where you're like okay like I'm gonna I have to like just do this and sit here and like be in pain and but um I don't know I like to tell people that it's like you know like it's something that you got through like you were it was it was over like in a few hours like sucked for a few hours but then you like came out the other side and (laughs) you have like something to remember that or yeah and it can be like a like a almost a like way of creating your own like physical like relief or like release Uh, but on the other hand too like the subject matter of like what you're getting tattooed can be like culturally significant it can be like a specific way that you're connecting to like maybe like your ancestral heritage it can be like a way of being like oh you know I don't like my arms so much so I'm gonna put some stuff on them and it'll like give me more confidence to like wear what I want or like be able to show that off because you know, it is like almost like a little like badge of honor. Yeah, Even if it's yeah. just like a like a little flower or something, yeah, it's like oh, you earned that, and yeah. people deserve to see it. Yeah. You know, your body. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think like there's so many like I hear so many different things in which like people can relate that to like healing or um, maybe getting over. Uh, no, I've heard a lot of like uh, people. Also, just a small trigger warning for self harm, like um, a way of maybe getting over like uh, their own struggles with self harm. They'll like use a more positive outlet in which they can like still feel that release, but you know have something a bit better come out of it. Yeah, yeah there's just so many, like for every person who gets a tattoo, I feel like there's like something behind it mm-hmm. whether it's like frivolous or like very significant yeah. so yeah yeah I think especially like to add on to what both of you said about it can be like the subject matter or it can be like the experience I personally do like a lot of like cover-ups and the cover-up of the tattoo it can be whether it's like it was in a shameful moment that they did it or they just totally regretted it or they're embarrassed but a lot of the time I actually cover up tattoos that have a negative experience associated with the tattoo itself. Like the tattooer made a comment about their body. The the tattoo is near some self-harm scars and the tattooer made a comment about that. So it's kind of interesting how we're even healing like things that our own community has done by doing like adding on, fixing up, covering up like tattoos. And it's really, really like tragic. A lot of clients like they do get in a very vulnerable state with you and they might share with you like, oh, like I'm so glad that you didn't say anything because my last tattoo artist like said I was fat or somebody walked Mm -hmm. up to them and said 
like a comment about their body. M- me personally, I've so had crazy. experiences where I'm getting tattooed without my shirt off and someone comes over for a little looky-loo yeah. and just makes a <laughs> degrading comment about my body. And I'm like, well, first of all, who the hell even are you? Yeah. And second of all, now I'm never going to come back here because yeah, every time I look at this, I remember yeah, this guilt and shame I felt all yeah. while I was going through this intense pain on this yeah. table. You're vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you are in a state where you are in pain and, like, in that situation, you don't have your shirt on. Yeah. Like, you're literally naked and yeah. in pain and vulnerable. Like, yeah. that's, It like, should be a way to reclaim your body and your yeah. self-autonomy me like both of you said but then even just the experience itself can turn it into something that you then need to heal from that emotionally so that's what we're trying to basically avoid here yeah you just heard autumn morchuk from cjsr show adam and teve speaking with kayla charlie and dean from pansy folk it's really nice to see an industry that has previously been pretty cishet male dominated diversify Absolutely. Especially considering the level of intimacy between a tattoo artist and their client. You're sitting there for hours, and it can be lovely to talk with your artist, but sometimes it's intimidating. Having that sense of safety is so important, and something I think Pansy Poke definitely achieves through the way that they treat their clients. For sure. And with that, we must bring today's episode to a close. Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was produced by Shane Giles, Jao Victor Krieger, Artemis Peasley, Terrence Adams, and myself, Ash Halinda. Gay Wire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. You can find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm and on Facebook, Twitter, at Gaywire and at Gaywire CJSR on Instagram and TikTok. Let us know what you think of the show, hit up the DM sometime, or if you'd rather be fancy, you can also email gaywire at cjsr.com, and you never know, you just might get to be a part of the show. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, original music by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Until next week, keep it breezy, and... Please stay on the line. <laughs>